0: This is one of the most critical, important signals in all of finance and economy. It helpfully points out periods when you should be concerned, like now, for example. And it does so in a relatively easy, simple, straightforward fashion. So wouldn't it really suck if everybody got it wrong and for all the wrong reasons? I'm talking, of course, about the U.S. dollar and its exchange value. And the U.S. dollar exchange value is an incredibly valuable resource, pun intended, for understanding the risk to the situation, whether it be financial, monetary, or economic. But what most people know about the dollar's exchange value is usually the Fed or something like it. There is a tremendous amount of misunderstanding, mis, assumptions that are made that float around social media, the financial media too, that never get challenged, they never get verified, they never get falsified when it's really easy and simple to do. So we're gonna establish the dollar exchange value, what it actually tells us and why, and therefore the wider implications for what is really an easy signal. We'll start with the myths. The myths are, there's a number of them. Uh, begin with uh, the U.S. as being strong. I mean, the, the stronger U.S. dollar is a reflection of stronger fundamentals with the United States. And it, it seems to make sense. If the U.S. is strong, capital flows toward the U.S. system, therefore into U.S. dollar assets, the dollar goes up in exchange value. That's just flat out wrong. And there's a variant of that theme, which is the cleanest dirty shirt. Well, maybe the U.S. isn't strong, but at least it's not as bad off as everyone else. So again, capital flows to the U.S. and U.S. dollar assets. The dollar goes up in exchange value, and that's just wrong too. But most people, they associate the dollar like everything else with the Federal Reserve, because you're supposed to where everything that we're taught, everything that we're told gets reinforced day after day. The Fed is at the center of everything. It controls interest rates, it controls the US dollar. And they need you to believe that because if you understood why the dollar behaves the way it does, suddenly you set aside the Federal Reserve and see how irrelevant and unimportant it actually is. So we gotta maintain the myths and legends, keep those assumptions floating around the media, Because otherwise, the truth blows the whole thing up. We don't want people to know what the dollar exchange value is really about. But before we get to that explanation, let's go through the evidence dispelling the myths, which is some form of nominal interest rate relationship, whether it be the Federal Reserve and its policies or market interest rates. The Federal Reserve is really easy to do because you just put the U.S. dollar up against uh, the Fed's policy rates, especially over the last 15, 20 years, and they don't line up whatsoever. There's no correlation. There's one coincidental relationship, and that's the one most people remember, which is 2022. The Fed aggressively hiked rates. The dollar aggressively screamed higher. Therefore, people are thinking, see, that's what everybody's been telling us all along. The Fed controls the dollar. Here's, here's proof of it. But if you don't know the, uh, the uh, previous history You don't realize the mistake here. It wasn't the U.S. dollar exchange value. And there's far better correlations, as we'll see in just a moment, that do explain what's going on with the dollar exchange. And it's not the Federal Reserve and its coincidental rate hikes in 2022. So just looking at, for example, market nominal interest rates, going a step further than the Federal Reserve. Nominal rates, we'll use U.S. Treasury yields here. There's more often an inverse relationship between nominal rates, especially middle and longer term rates, than there is a direct one, which seems counterintuitive at first until you stop and think about it. In 2008, during the worst of the crisis, for example, the dollar goes way up in exchange value. At the same time, interest rates are... Going down in 2009, after the crisis, the dollar starts to go down again while interest rates are going up, which is the opposite of what's supposed to happen in QE too. By the way, in 2010, remember the flash crash on Wall Street. Remember the sovereign debt crisis, Greek bonds, all that. Dollar goes up, interest rates are going down. In 2011, one of the most clear signals you're going to get here: inverse correlation once more. Dollar. Dollar is going up and interest rates are going down and they're staying down as I talked about in a recent video about a related phenomenon in euro dollar futures. Because that's what we're really doing here. We're going through our financial indications and establishing what relates to what in order to understand why these things are happening. And it continues, inverse correlation. 2014 to 2016, there is clearly an inverse relationship between nominal rates in the medium and long-term space and the dollar's exchange value. 2017, globally synchronized growth, better conditions, nominal rates are going up, which correspond to better conditions, the US dollar exchange value going down. And we can continue on and on, but there already we have our clues about a number of things what the dollar is really telling us in this inverse relation to nominal interest rates as well as why people get it wrong because everyone has interest rates backwards. We're told the Fed controls interest rates and when they go up, that's tightening and when they go down, that's loosening. No, fundamentally, when you see interest rates, long-term bond yields in particular, when they go down, that's lower growth and inflation expectations, which also happens to correspond to a rising dollar. And conversely, the opposite side of it, when the dollar is going down, interest rates are going up, which isn't a bad thing, which isn't a tightening. That's higher growth than inflation expectations. That's the market saying more reflation than tightening. And so the dollar goes down in exchange value. The dollar going down during periods when things appear to be doing better. Interest rates going up when things appear to be doing better, higher growth and inflation expectations. So we're already thinking more fundamentally than that nonsense about the Fed and its policies, which don't correspond whatsoever outside of 2022 with the dollar's exchange value. I won't go over interest rate differentials here. I've already done that in the past. I'll just tell you that's not an explanation. There's no correlation there either. Interest rate differentials can have an effect in the short run, but we're talking more bigger picture, medium and longer term factors anyway. We want to know what's going on in the areas that we can't really see. And of course, I'm talking about EuroDollar, the monetary system, global reserve currency. And this is something I talked about recently, not long ago with Mr. Brent Johnson, the milkshake man himself. We went over Euro dollar dominance, why the dollar isn't going anywhere because it's not really the dollar, the implications behind it. We had a really good long, almost hour long chat about all of these things, which are incredibly important. Click on the link in the description of this video and you'll have access to it straight away. Again, it was a really good conversation with Brent about euro dollar dominance. But if there is going to be a replacement to the dollar, what does it actually have to accomplish in order to threaten this euro dollar dominance? Pretty interesting conversation, as always, with Brent Johnson. I can't thank him enough for doing it. Again, if you want to hear that conversation, you want to see it in video form, link below me. So having established this nonsense about Federal Reserve policy, clean, dirty shirts, or strong U.S. fundamentals, let's get into the reality here. And you don't have to take my word for these things, although all you really got to do is put together these charts, which you can do on your own. But let's let's use some mainstream sources. How about the Bank for International Settlements, the Central Bankers Central Bank? And we're going to start out with a little bit of a complicated topic called com- covered interest parity. All you have to know about that is simply that Covered interest parity means that we shouldn't see big gaps between say interest rate uh, interest rates in the marketplace or other other of these fundamental anomalies that we run across all throughout these euro dollar investigations. Here's what the BIS said and this is this is a paper from July of 2017 an investigation called The Dollar, Bank Leverage and the Deviation from Covered Interest Parity. Again, this is about the dollar exchange value and why it goes higher or lower. What they said about CIP was, it is perhaps the best established principle in international finance and states that the interest rates implicit in foreign exchange swap markets coincide with the corresponding interest rates in cash markets. Otherwise, someone could make a riskless profit by borrowing at the low interest rate and lending at the higher interest rate with currency risk fully hedged. However, the principle broke down during the height of the 2008-2009 crisis after the great monetary, not financial crisis, CIP deviations have persisted and have become more significant recently, especially since the middle of 2014. Basically what they're saying is, starting with Eurodollar number one, we see these breakdowns in CIP, which shouldn't happen. We see them repeatedly in what I call Euro dollar cycles because it's not just about interest rate differentials between cash rates and foreign exchange. There are other breakdowns that we talk about all the time. And they match up and they line up. So what does a breakdown in covered interest parity actually mean? Let's go back to the BIS. However, in textbooks, there are no banks. In practice though, such arbitrage typically entails borrowing and lending through banks. And the competitive assumption is violated due to balance sheet constraints That place limits on the size of the exposures that can be taken on by banks. Even for non-banks, their ability to exploit arbitrage opportunities rely on banks to provide leverage. Hence, if deviations from CIP persist, it is because banks do not or cannot exploit such opportunities. Where have you heard that before? dealer balance sheet constraints that lead to obvious signs of something being amiss in the financial system. In this case, something that is not supposed to happen, something that economists have said should never happen, and that's a breakdown in covered interest parity. But as even the BIS was recognizing in 2017, and they have in subsequent follow-ups along the way, Deviations in covered interest parity have become more frequent, in fact, all too common, and they also associate themselves during these discrete periods with often very simple, very easy, very incredibly important to understand signals, such as, back to the paper, a stronger dollar goes hand in hand with bigger deviations from CIP and contractions of cross-border bank lending in dollars. Differential sensitivity of CIP deviations to the strength of the dollar can explain cross-sectional variations in CIP arbitrage profits. Underpinning the triangle is the role of the dollar as proxy for the shadow price of bank leverage breakdowns in dealer bank balance sheet capacity ends up impairing cross-border dollar funding activities cross-border shadow price of leverage shadow price of money they're talking about the euro dollar system and how the euro dollar system which is incredibly bank centric as i went over in also a recent video on the dollar short versus dollar shortage the Eurodollar is all about dealer banks. So when we see these breakdowns in covered interest parity, that is a definitive sign something is wrong in dealer banks. And if something is wrong with dealer banks, that's gonna be a monetary problem as it was certainly in 2008, but it has been repeatedly in the 15 years afterwards. It's gonna be a problem in the financial system, higher volatility, illiquidity, and it's going to eventually lead to issues in the real economy. And as the BIS notes here, it isn't that difficult to see how these breakdowns in CIP also correspond with a strong US dollar. We can see these Eurodollar cycles, these periods when CIP deviation happens, when we know dealers are experiencing balance sheet constraints and distress become risk averse. Um, There's a whole separate topic about why they become balance sheet constrained. It's not regulations, it's not the Fed. But essentially we see these euro dollar cycles, as I've mentioned in that recent video, you can correlate them with any number of signals. Again, the dollar exchange value with something like the cross currency basis becoming more negative, that's a pretty obvious one. Though there was less of a correlation, there was still one, but less of one say in 2018. But still, as they were talking about the deviation and covered interest parity, that's a pretty easy one to start with. One that I like and I use all the time, Another esoteric indication as George Gammon likes to call them, interest rate swap spreads. Look at interest rate swap spreads, in particular the longer dated ones, like the 30-year maturity. They are pretty well correlated. The swap spreads are pretty well correlated with the US dollar exchange value. So what you see here is that you know swaps are a little bit lagging to the dollar exchange value, which is not unexpected because of how the balance sheet mechanics work. But again, 2008, 2009, the ups and downs are pretty well in synchronized. 2011 into early 2012, again, there's a good correlation there. There's a little bit of a deviation in 2013 because the dollar doesn't fall as, as swap spreads are compressing at that particular point in time. But then they're correlated again in 2014 and 2016 through Eurodollar number three. And there was a very solid correlation, if again lagged by a few months, 2018, 2019, and 2020. And then again, another solid correlation if again lagged a little bit, 2021, 22, and 23 before LIBRIC went off the board. And then the interest rate swap spreads converted to SOFR. So not, not showing the SOFR spreads here. But what are swap spreads? They are another indication of exactly what the BIS was talking about. Dealer balance sheet constraints. So another piece of evidence solidly corresponding with the behavior of the dollar's exchange value. It has nothing to do with the Fed, it has everything to do with the monetary system. But let's do one more, one more that I think really drives home the points that we're trying to make here. The fundamentals that are not just about these esoteric abstract concepts in the Euro dollar system, they're also about easy economic, easy to understand economic concepts. I'm talking about the yield curve spreads, not nominal yields, but yield spreads, like the two-year, 10-year spread. Now, most people understand when you see the two-year, 10-year spread invert, that, that doesn't mean anything good. It's not just about inversion or recession. The two-year, 10-year spread or any of these calendar spreads can tell you about perceptions in the marketplace related to the consequences of all the stuff we're talking about. The two-year, 10-year spread decreases, which means the curve is flattening, rising risk perceptions, negative fundamentals, flattening yield curve, whether it inverts or not, more negative, more concerned than not. And so what do you see when you put the two together? The dollar's exchange value and these yield curve spreads, I'll put the two-year, 10-year spread up here as well as the five-year, 10-year. The two-year, 10-year spread lines up really, really well, especially in the post-2008 era, with the dollar's exchange value. Now, back in 2008, it makes sense because the steepening in the yield curve didn't correspond with the rising dollar because the steepening of the yield curve was a bad steepening. So you had a bad case of steepening in the yield curve, which does actually relate to the rising dollar. And just, just to note here, I've inverted the scale in a two year, 10 year spread so it lines up with the US dollar exchange value. So when you see down, that's actually the spread, the yield curve steepening and up is the yield curve flattening or even inverting. But again, 2008, you had an inverse correlation. It wasn't really inverse. It was inverse in the mechanics of the yield curve, but it was bad steepening, which corresponded with a rapidly rising dollar, which is not a good sign. But then look at the rest of it. 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012. Really solid correlations there. Not perfect, not exact, but more than good enough to really establish the the fundamental process that we're talking about here. 2013, again, the dollar doesn't fall like it should have given interest rate swap spreads or these spreads that we're seeing here. But then 2014 to 2016, flattening yield curve at the same time you see the dollar exchange value go way up, negative signs in both of those related to the monetary system, dealer constraints, perceptions, all of that. 2017, there's a bit of a lag there where In globally synchronized growth, the yield curve continued to flatten. Globally synchronized growth, the dollar was going down in exchange value, even though the yield curve at that time was flattening, but the dollar caught up in 2018 by going higher while the yield curve was still flattening and heading on its way to inverting in 2019. And then as you can see, 2022, 2023, fast forward to this side of the pandemic, it isn't the Fed's aggressive rate hikes, It's the rapid flattening and in deep inversion in the yield curve that corresponds best with the behavior of the dollar exchange value. We're not talking about the dollar and its relationship to other currencies, its exchange value. We're talking about what is an incredibly useful, easy signal that tells you a lot about what's happening in the shadows. The shadow price of leverage as the BIS called it. In other words, when there's distress in the monetary system that you can't otherwise see, unless you follow all these esoteric indications, you want a simple measure of stress, the dollar's exchange value. When it goes up and when it goes up and stays up, when it's not going down, that means there are problems going on. There's a breakdown in the monetary system circulation, more higher, higher potential for deflationary money. That's what balance sheet constraints are all about. And there are going to be financial and economic consequences around the world for that. It's not about the Fed. It's not about strong U.S. fundamentals. It's all about euro dollar. One of those esoteric signals that is so often misunderstood, that's Eurodollar futures, rest in peace. I went over what they told us are money curves in general, that's at the link below me. As always, I thank you for joining me. Check out the Christmas sale if you haven't already, Eurodollar.university. Huge thanks to Eurodollar University members and subscribers. And Until next time, everyone have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.